This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Read again the words from Luke chapter 2 will be the focus for our sermon today. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So he hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord God, we pray that you would give us the peace that only you can give, especially as we celebrate the birth of Jesus. Help us to to believe and understand everything that this message means to us. And don't let anything I'm doing get in the way of the work of your Holy Spirit. In your name we pray, amen. On the very first pages of the Bible, there is this strange, even bizarre, ancient description of paradise. It says, Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. It's a strange way to describe perfection. But I think what it's saying here is, is that the first two humans were fully known by each other and at the same time fully loved. They were fully known. They had nothing to hide. And at the same time, even though they were fully known, they were completely loved. They were at peace with each other. Complete peace and harmony. And it was not only their relationship with one another, those those first humans, but also their relationship with God. God fully knew them, and he was happy with them. In fact, he was able to walk in their presence, and they could be fully known by God and fully loved. They were at peace. Things were the way they were supposed to be. But then, paradise was lost. 
And the first piece of evidence that something had gone wrong was that the first humans started hiding from each other. They started to to make clothes to, to hide themselves from each other because they thought, you know, if that other person knew everything about me, would they still love me? And and not only were they hiding from each other, but now they started to hide and run from God. We read this. The man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees in the garden. Now when God came into their presence, their, their instinct was to run, to hide, to cover themselves up. They were afraid of God because they they thought, you know, if God knew everything about me, he wouldn't love me anymore. They're no longer at peace. This is not the way it was supposed to be. And we've been hiding ever since. Just think about how you describe your day to the people in your life. We don't always say everything that's passed through our our heads. We don't tell them everything we've ever done because we have this fear that if the people around us knew everything about us, they wouldn't want to be around us anymore. And the more public your persona, the more we filter our lives. Not just putting physical filters out there to to make ourselves look different because we're afraid that if if people really saw how we look, maybe they won't want to see us anymore. But we also filter and curate our, our ethical life. We put out there publicly to other people what we want them to know, curating it so that we look as good as we possibly can because if people knew everything about us, We're afraid maybe they wouldn't want to be around us. We don't feel like we're at peace. Maybe I could describe it this way. Christmas break is very often the time that um, people go to the movies. Got some time off, want to go to the movies. Well, I want you to imagine that, that this Christmas, the movie theaters have all agreed to only show one movie. It's a movie about your life. And it's not the curated, filtered, edited version of your life. They're going to show everything. The things that you thought, the things that you've done, they show the whole thing to everybody. Just the thought of that maybe makes you want to run and hide because you have this fear that if everybody saw your story, the complete story, the unedited version of your story, would they still want to be around you? Would you still be at peace with them? Today we're continuing that sermon series, Christmas List. And we're talking about all the things on our Christmas list that you can't get in the store. You can't get on Amazon. And so we've talked about hope. It's one of those things that we, we want from God. And so we opened up the present of hope this Christmas. And we talked about belonging and how we deeply want to feel like we belong in a family, in a community, belong with God. And we opened up that Christmas gift. That was on our list. And we talked about joy, and we we talked about that's something we really want. We want real joy, and we opened up that gift. And today on our Christmas list is peace. Now, peace is a little different than maybe what you might think, especially as the Hebrew scriptures describe it. 
We might think that, that peace just means the absence of war and conflict and fighting. That if, if everybody would just kind of leave me alone, I'd be at peace. And there's something to that. But when the, the Bible, especially the Hebrew scriptures, talk about peace, they use that word shalom. And shalom has a much broader idea of peace. It's a similar word um, that you would use that when you're, you're building a wall and all of the bricks are put exactly where they're supposed to be and it's complete. And so it's not just the absence of fighting, the absence of war, but it's also being complete. Another way you could talk about the biblical definition of peace is peace is when everything is the way it's supposed to be. It's whole. All of our relationships, we're, we're fully known by people and we're fully loved. We're in complete harmony. We're in complete peace with each other and especially at peace with God. But by nature, we know that's not what we experience. And we can just see that on how we treat one another and our relationships, we don't feel that peace between each other and we wonder if there's any kind of real peace we can have with God. So here's the question I want to answer in this sermon. How can we experience real peace this Christmas? Biblical peace. How can we experience the way it's supposed to be? And answer that question, I'll go back to that familiar section of Scripture, Luke chapter 2. I don't know if you grew up uh, reciting this. If you grew up in a, a Christian home or in the Christian church, you might have recited this uh, when you were younger, that in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree. That's what Luke tells us. He is, Luke is a historian, and as he tells Jesus' story, the origin story of Jesus, he talks about Caesar Augustus, the ruler of the, the Roman Empire, and, and this empire was growing. It started really this 200-year of peace called the Pax Ramona. And so it, it, was, it was growing and it was expanding. And so now he's got to have a census. He's got to tax the people to, to, to pay for this growing and expanding kingdom. And that was not just for Caesar Augustus, it was to fulfill an ancient prophecy about the Messiah, that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. And so it was because of that census that Mary and Joseph went back to their city of origin. They went to Bethlehem, the city of David, where David was born, to fulfill that prophecy. And maybe you remember, as we just got done reading, that while they were there, Mary and Joseph, they had their baby and they laid him in that humble manger, that animal's feeding trough. And then Luke, he records what was going on right next to them in a field nearby. It says, and there were shepherds living out in their fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. Now, I've been preaching this text for, I don't know, 12 plus years and there's something that struck me this year that I never thought about before. Luke mentions that there are shepherds, that there's an angel of the Lord, and there's a glory, the glory of the Lord showed up. I don't know how many of you know this, but there's another time in history, in scripture, that talks about a shepherd, an angel of the Lord, and the glory of the Lord. It was in the days of Moses. 
When the, the nation of Israel was trapped in Egyptian slavery for over 400 years. And so God appeared to a shepherd named Moses. And the angel of the Lord appeared to Moses and the glory of the Lord shone in the burning bush. And now we see something similar. That there's a shepherd, there's an angel of the Lord and the glory of the Lord. And I think the reason that Luke mentions all of those details is because just like in the days of Moses, in the days of Moses, God was about to do something big, rescue his people from slavery. God was about to do something big again, even bigger, rescue the world from the enslavement of sin. But that's not how the shepherds saw that event. Luke records that when the angel of the Lord appeared and the glory of the Lord shone around them, that they were terrified. They wanted to run and hide. They wanted to cover themselves. They knew that there was something not right with them, that they should not be in the holy presence of this angel and they should not be in the presence of the angel of the Lord that they knew that there was instinctively, there, was, there wasn't that peace, wasn't that wholeness. The, things were not the way they were supposed to be. So they wanted to run and hide. But the angel of the Lord didn't come to condemn them or point out the hostility between them and God. The angel came as a messenger of God to tell good news. So the angel said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. It means the gospel. I'm bringing you the gospel that will cause great joy, what Pastor Bill talked about last week, for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior, a rescuer has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the anointed one, the Lord, Yahweh, the Lord God. In other words, God has again come to walk with his people, just like God walked with the people in the garden in the cool of the day back in paradise. God again has come to walk with his people. He's come to make peace again with his people, to be with his people, to make things the way they're supposed to be. And then the angel went on to explain how they would find the Lord, the Messiah. He says, this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. He doesn't say, you're going to go find the Lord God and he's going to be on this royal throne or in this holy temple with his glowing presence, something that you would hide from or something that you'd be afraid of, something that would point out that things are not right between you and God. No, go to Bethlehem and there's a baby. And nobody hides from a baby. Nobody's afraid of the ba of a baby. You go to a baby, you pick up the baby, you rock the baby. God was again coming to his people, but he was coming in a way that was completely approachable, welcoming us into his presence. Now, this news seems to have been so exciting, so thrilling. Uh, that I kind of picture the walls of heaven were trembling. And, and heaven couldn't hold back. Heaven and earth again overlapped. And it seems like the dimensions of heaven split open as a whole army of angels broke out and showed up. 
But this army of angels didn't come to destroy or condemn or point out all the things that were wrong with the people. The angels came to sing. And they sang this song, glory to God in the highest heaven. Worship God, exalt him. He's in the highest places. He's above us. He's incredible. He's, he's beyond understanding. He's higher than all of us. And yet at the same time, now down here on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. God is in the highest heaven. Praise him. He's exalted above everything. He's holy and perfect and majestic. And yet he has found a way to bring peace here on earth. And that peace comes through God's favor, it says, Literally, that God is pleased with us. In Jesus Christ, through the work of Jesus Christ, he's pleased with us, and that puts our heart back at peace. Now we have peace with God. Maybe I could say it this way. Go back to that movie illustration. Again, imagine that all of the movie theaters in our area have all agreed that they're only going to show one movie. It's the movie about you. And you heard that all of your family and friends and co-workers and neighbors, they've all going to this movie. And you want to run and hide. You want to cover yourself. You, you don't want anyone to see this movie, but you kind of slip in the back and you watch the opening scene. And it's about a baby laid in a manger. And this baby grows up and lives this, this life that that's incredible. He always makes the right decision. He has no regrets. He, he never makes a selfish decision, a self-centered decision. He completely gives himself fully to the point of death as a sacrifice, like a soldier sacrificing himself for his country. And yet he sacrifices himself for something even greater for the whole world and is raised back to life and now sits at the right hand of the father. And God says, that's my son, with him, I'm well pleased. And you can't believe it as the credits roll that that, that story wasn't about you at all. But that's the good news. That all the ways that we have failed in our story, God entered into our story. He entered, entered into history, into to time. That's why it's this date we're counting from his birth. 2022, this is, uh, we're, we're cel- we've been celebrating his birthday for, for 2,000 years because he literally came into this world, came into our story, and all the ways that we have failed, his story covers our story. And all the ways that we have succeeded, we need to realize that it's been blessed because of his story. Here's what this means. We are at peace with God. Because God is pleased with us. And that peace means things are the way they're supposed to be. Now, when the angel or when the shepherds heard this, they they couldn't believe it. They, They wanted to see the baby. And after they saw the baby, they wanted to tell everybody about it. And this is how Luke describes it. He says, so they, the, the shepherds, they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. 
I think this is one way that, that I hope all of us at some level respond to this message. Just like we sang, go tell it on the mountain, that song about the shepherds, that, that we become the shepherds. And I pray that, that when you gather with me, family or friends, I, I pray that this message of God's favor for you, his, his peace moves you so much that you go tell it on the mountain. You just can't stop talking about it. It, it pours out of you naturally because it's such good news. But there's another way to respond to this message And I pray that it happens in this moment. Verse 19 says, But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The Lord opened up her heart like a treasure chest. It was open and, and she received this news of God's pleasure, that God was pleased with her through this baby that she was at peace with the Almighty God and she, she locked that message up inside of her heart. She, she wouldn't let anybody take it from her. She pondered them and treasured them up in her heart. And I think that helps us answer our opening question. How can we experience peace, especially at Christmas? Ponder the pleasure of God. That when you picture God looking at you, what, is he frowning? Is he, is he angry? According to this, according to the song of the angels, he has favor on us. He's pleased with us. So ponder the pleasure of God like Mary. Open, I pray that the Holy Spirit open up your heart and that you would let this come into your heart that, that it's not for somebody else. You're not the exception it's not for, for, for the person next to you or, or for somebody who's kind of cleaned up their life a little bit better you, but it's for you. Receive this good news. Ponder the pleasure of God that God is pleased with you in Jesus Christ and so you are at peace with God. See, God has seen your movie. He's seen your whole life. You can't hide it from him. He's seen it all and he still loves you. In fact, When your movie's over and the credits roll, he stands and gives you a standing ovation. He says, this is my son. This is my daughter. With you, I'm well pleased. There was a a theologian lived in the 1700s, Matthew Henry, and he wrote, commentary, I think for basically the whole Bible. And, And I was moved by what he said in Luke about Luke chapter two, about God's peace. And so I'll read it and maybe paraphrase it a little bit. Here's what Matthew Henry said. If God be at peace with us, all peace results from it. Peace of conscience, peace with angels, peace between Jew and Gentile, peace between everybody. All the good we have or hope for is owing to God's goodwill, his pleasure. And if we have the comfort of it, he must have the glory of it. Here's what I'm saying. Christmas allows you to experience a peace of paradise. 
a slice of what Adam and Eve experienced, that they were at peace with God and they got to walk with God. You get to experience a slice of paradise through Christmas. That, that in Jesus Christ, everything is the way it's supposed to be. You're in complete harmony with God. That means he knows everything about you and he still loves you. You don't have to hide anything from him. He's seen it all. And in Jesus Christ, all that has gone wrong has been forgiven. And all that is right has been blessed by Jesus. And one day, it's not just going to be a piece of paradise. You see, the same prophets that prophesied Jesus' first coming, and they were right, also prophesied his second coming, and they're going to be right again. He's coming back again, and this time not to just give us a piece of paradise, he's going to give, it, give us the whole thing. As he resurrects our body and resurrects our world and walks again with us in peace. So you don't have to hide anymore. You don't have to beat yourself up anymore. You don't have to live in the regrets of the past anymore. Your story has been covered and made new through the Prince of Peace. So this Christmas, ponder the pleasure of God. Merry Christmas. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, I pray that, that your Holy Spirit would use your word, your promises, and give us the peace that Mary had, that the shepherds had, that the angels sang about, that in Jesus we have the favor of God, that everything is at peace, everything is the way it's supposed to be. In your name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.